Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Investing from A to Z podcast. I'm your host, Steph Bodrini. This podcast is for everyone who wants to be part of our real estate family and learn commercial real estate investing from A to Z. I'll be sharing with you tips for real estate investing while being mentored by a few people with several years of experience so that you and I can make the least amount of mistakes as possible and succeed a lot faster. My goal is to keep things very straightforward because I value your time and you are here to learn. With that, in the last episode, we discussed eight tips to improve your personal finances before we start talking about commercial real estate lending. As you know, we are going to start having a series of interviews focused on financing for our commercial properties, and we're going to discuss all kinds of topics that are beneficial for us. And in today's episode, we are interviewing Paul Castagna. He is the managing director at Bedford Lending. Mr. Castagna brings with him nearly 30 years of experience in the commercial real estate finance industry. He has worked with both small and middle market sponsors, and he focuses on healthcare and multifamily loans under Bedford's direct FHA programs. Prior to joining Bedford Lending, he originated loans in both the wholesale and retail markets, and he has a ton of experience to share with us. Here we go. Paul, thank you so much for joining us. This has been such a requested topic. Why don't we get started by you sharing a little bit about you and your experience? Sure. First of all, thank you very much, Steph, and it's an honor to do this today. I started in the financial business back in October 1978. Actually, I wear two hats here. One is with Bedford Lending. We're out of Bedford, New Hampshire. A rather small company, about 18 employees. Been in business since 91 or 92. We're a direct lender. We're an FHA lender. We've closed about $3 billion in loans. The second hat I wear is with Leadenhall Live, which is based out of Orlando, Florida. And Lentenhall Lime is basically a mortgage uh, banker who does non-FHA stuff, retail, office, the, that type of property. Why don't we get started by explaining what are the key differences between a residential mortgage where people would get a loan for their own homes versus a commercial mortgage? And this can be a very broad explanation. Yeah, that's, and that's a good question. You know, home ownership loans, as I'm sure most people know, pretty much it's a box. You either fit in it or you don't. Okay? If you don't, you don't get the loan. In commercial, there's a lot of gray area. The rates can vary widely. The leverage, better known as the loan to value or LTV, as we all say, you know, we all get stuck in these acronyms in the industry, it can vary dramatically. You know, rates can go anywhere from, good Lord, I've done rates anywhere from as low as 3.2 on multifamily all the way up to like seven and three quarters on retail. It really depends on the deal. I think what it comes down to, Steph, is that I think lenders perceive offices and retail a little bit riskier than they would like a multifamily. I can't speak too much for home ownership because that's not my bag. Sure. So that's pretty much the difference. 
why would office be in that bag? I understand why retail. <laughs> it could be a little bit riskier, but do you mind sharing why they think office is also a little bit riskier? I think because a lot of people are working from home now in a lot of offices, a lot of companies downsized. They've given some people an opportunity to work from home. And as a result, I think offices stabilized a little bit, but it's still you know, one of those asset classes that is underwritten pretty darn carefully. We are now waiting to hear about how WeWork's IPO goes, <laughs> and uh, yeah. they are probably going to cut significantly, so that's also a very interesting <laughs> piece of information for the lenders as well. How should a new investor present a deal to a lender in order to get approved? What are some of the really important things that they should be mindful of? Let me just start off by saying that as a new investor, you're going to have a little bit more challenging time than uh, a seasoned investor. Having said that, if you present it right, you should do fine. By that, I mean, basically run your credit report up front, accumulate your last three years tax returns, put together a personal financial statement, and basically be candid with the lender. If you have anything that you know you think is going to look badly on it, like a past bankruptcy or a past forced closure, just explain it up front. Most lenders, particularly when it comes to bankruptcy, if it's medical, they understand it. Just say it up front. Don't have surprises. That's what we hate, surprises. So we only like it. good surprises. But that doesn't happen very often. <laughs> yes. What are some different loan terms that we as investors would be able to choose from? and decide on for commercial properties? Basically, obviously, you can choose how much leverage you want. If you want to, you know, depending on what the lender's going to offer, but I would think you get leverage anywhere from 60% to 75% or 80%. I mean, we do 85% of some stuff. And then the other thing you can choose is, I think really where you have the most flexibility as a, as a borrower, it's a prepayment. The longer you do your prepayment out, typically the lower your rate going to be. So whether you do a three-year, a five-year, or a 10-year prepay, that's really kind of, I think, where you have the most flexibility when you're, sp when you're speaking to the lender. And can these loans be transferred to a new buyer if we decide to sell the property before that three, five, or ten-year prepay? Most lenders, yes. There's some lenders, no, but I think in today's market, most lenders would uh, transfer. And there's usually a small transfer fee. Is there something that could change? Let's say the economy takes a turn and then... If I'm going to you to get a new loan, are most loans not going to be assumable at that time for new loans? Steph, I don't think so. I think it's going to stay. I think this is with us to stay. This has been with us a little while now, and people have become so used to it, as have lenders. Okay. So, no, I think it's here to stay. How do you recommend people going about finding really good lenders. I see a lot of people posting hard money loans and they really sound like a scam because their rates are so low. How can people make sure that they are really dealing with a legit lender and also a very good one? I'm not one for political correctness. There's a lot of scammers in this business. Mm -hmm. So just be very careful. I would say talk to other investors, see who they use for lenders okay. and or brokers. And I would really do it that way. I wouldn't just, you know, if you're a new investor, just go on it on your own. Talk to other investors and network. You know, go to the networking groups. It pays to network with other investors. 
Yeah, I mean, this is an information business, if there ever was one. A lot of people say that you need to find a local lender where the property is based out of. Is that true for the most part? No, that's false. And I don't, I don't buy that for a minute. For example, the deal I, I think I shared with you previously that I did a deal in Ohio. It was a retail deal in Cleveland. You know, we did a great deal for the guy, 4.358, 10-year term. Wow. Uh, 75% loan to value. California lender, 2,000 miles away. I think there might be very few times where a local lender makes sense. Off the top of my head, I can't think of a circumstance. I know that some residential loans today are going back to the old days of stated income, stated assets. Is that happening as well with commercial loans? It is, but you're going to pay a hefty interest rate for that. There's a couple of lenders who are doing those nowadays. There's one here in Florida. There's one in California. I think there's probably, you know, I can think of maybe three or four. And what would be the hefty fee on average? 2% more or 1%? Yeah, well, anywhere from 2 to, two to 3% more. Okay. Rates are so high as, I saw one the other day, actually. It uh, came to me. It was 8.99, which I thought was kind of crazy, but. Wow. Were you there back in 08? Were you doing loans? Do you want to share a little bit about what was going on and how we should be prepared for a potential recession coming up? Yeah, what was going on? Not a great deal. Nothing was trading. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing good. (laughs) I was actually, I was working at Marcus and Millichap back then. And um, yeah, not much is trading. How, how do you prepare for that? Uh, that's, a, uh, that's a good point. A lot of people believe, particularly in some of the bigger cities and particularly like in multifamily, they think it's a little frothy right now. The cap rates are like, you know, sub five. I think looking at tertiary markets and secondary markets and value add is kind of a protection for that. Tertiary so, markets, really? Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Can you yeah. elaborate why tertiary markets? Yeah, because you're going to get something that has a higher cap rate, okay? And it's probably the higher cap rate is going to compensate for the additional risk, or probably more than offset it. And if you do a value add, so you could pick something up in a tertiary market. Let's just take retail, for example. In a tertiary market, you could probably pick up a retail, probably like a seven and a half cap, I'm guessing, mm-hmm. maybe more. Yes. Okay, fix it up. Before you know it, you're probably like an 11, 12. The one in Cleveland, 16% cap rate. Wow. Now, this guy's a real savvy investor. This guy sure. owns about 75 properties, probably about $125 million worth of real estate. Sure. Is there anything else that you would like to share with our audience that they should be aware of? When you're talking to lenders, particularly if you're new to the uh, business, is, again, network with people, be straight with your lender, have realistic expectations. Those are three, three bullet points. How can our listeners get in touch with you, Paul? All right. Our website is... BedfordLending.com and my phone number is 561-306-6852. I will post all of this information under show notes so you guys can get his full contact information. Paul, thank you so much for taking the time and explaining the financial side of getting loans for our commercial properties. We really appreciate it. And uh, hopefully a few of us will reach out to you and uh, get a few loans now and in the near future. I want to say thank you so much, Steph, for this opportunity. Look forward to talking with you in the future. Do you know someone that could benefit from the tips of this podcast? Make sure to share our podcasts with them and you can also subscribe to our newsletter on our website our website is 
right under notes where it says read this entire interview here at the top of the page. You can now subscribe to our newsletter. We are not going to spam anybody. We're only going to be sending very valuable information and I will see you next time.